This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Let's continue our study of the nine spiritual gifts, and today we will discuss the gift of the working of miracles. Let's read our key passage once more. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Friend, I want to reiterate today how important the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. They work through our lives as God wills them. However, we must make ourselves available, friend, and have the courage to be used by the Lord in order for them to operate scripturally. Also, if we're ignorant of spiritual gifts, then we'll have no knowledge of their working, and inevitably their manifestation will become greatly restricted in our lives. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Friend, we should not be ignorant of these wonderful gifts or their administration. That's why I've given you examples in the Bible of their specific operation and examples in my own life where the Lord has used me in them too. In another instance, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12.31, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show you I unto you a more excellent way. And again in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. We are supposed to desire the spiritual gifts, friend. Covet is a strong word. To covet something is to be passionate about it, to earnestly desire it, to be enthusiastic about it friend are you coveting the spiritual gifts you should it's one of the very few places in scripture where we're told to covet usually covet is a bad word but not in this case friend it's obvious from what paul said here that some gifts could be considered better than others because paul says so in first corinthians twelve thirty one. why else would he say for us to covet the best gifts as I stated before, there are three kinds of gifts. Number one, the revelation gifts. Number two, the power gifts. And number three, the utterance or inspirational gifts. In each case, some gifts are better than others within these three categories. For example, in the case of the utterance gifts, prophecy is equivalent to tongues and interpretation. So this would be a better gift because it has the same net impact of tongues and interpretation combined, and you don't need another person to manifest the gift. In the case of the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom reveals the future plans and purposes of God. So one could argue this is the better gift as the word of knowledge reveals the present or past plans of God's will. To know a part of the future plans of God means we can make godly decisions in accordance with his will for us. Regardless of which one we think is better, Paul claims there are better gifts and we should desire all of them, whether some are better or not. When we strongly desire something, we become as tenacious as a bulldog, and we're not going to let it go until we have what we desire. And we should be that way with the spiritual gifts. 
Friend, as ministers and as a pastor especially, we need to be a jack of all trades in many ways because we have to preach the whole counsel of God, not just some parts of it. There are specialist ministers out there that focus on grace or faith or whatever the topic. But as a pastor, I won't do that because I'm trying to preach the whole counsel of God so my congregation is well fed. But what I would say to you is this. Find out what you're passionate about yourself. Find out your natural gifts. Find out your spiritual gifts in this life. Natural gifts are an ability to paint or sculpt or play music or build or do math or whatever it is. Find out the natural gifts God has given you. And then in addition, covet the spiritual gifts also. And God will utilize them through you as well. Down through the years, I've noticed some offices of ministry move in types of different gifts. In the case of evangelists, for example, they will operate through the gifts of healing and the working of miracles especially, but they may not operate much in the utterance or revelation gifts, for example. This is how God wills it, not you. Very few ministers will operate in all the gifts of the Spirit in his lifetime on a regular basis, but it's possible to move in all the gifts over one's lifetime. Yet it's more common for God to use you probably in one or two of the spiritual gifts especially. Of all the people I've personally witnessed down the years, I would say Pastor John Osteen and Brother Kenneth E. Hagen operated in all the gifts of the Spirit. But that's just my personal opinion. And I know there are many other wonderful ministers out there who've done as well. Now let's define the working of miracles as a gift. A miracle can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Now to some, the birth of a new baby or a sunset over the Rocky Mountains is a miracle, but these are natural miracles set in motion by God's word and part of his creative order. In society, we also use the word miracle as a figure of speech because we call things sometimes miracle whip or miracle drugs or miracle fabric cleaner, etc. But what I'm talking about today, friend, is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It cannot be explained by the scientific community. Some people would also contend that the miracle can be in God's perfect timing. In other words, the miraculous can be evident in his timing of the perfect promise, and I certainly wouldn't argue argue with that. We should also note there are four words used in the Bible for miracles, each emphasizing a distinctive nature or type. The first word is wonder. When a miracle is called a wonder, it emphasizes what a miracle will do. It causes or awakens wonder in the observer. The second key word for miracle is power. When the word power is used, it emphasizes that a miracle is done by divine power. Paul describes one of the manifestations of the presence of the Spirit in a believer as workings of powers, or simply powers. In fact, Paul used the word dunamis in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, when he describes the gift of the working of miracles, because they do powerful things in the natural realm. In other words, you could state it this way, the gift of the working of power. Also, the word dynamaeus was used most commonly as the Greek word for miracles in the Bible, and they were understood as demonstration of God's divine power. Remember, the gift of miracles is separate and distinct from the gifts of healing, as we discussed previously. The Apostle Paul, in his writings, did not think that everyone would be given the ability to perform miracles in 1 Corinthians 12.19, because it's as the Spirit wills it, not as we will it. We're not to tempt God to produce miracles on any occasion. The third word for miracle is work. When the word work is used for a miracle, it emphasizes what a miracle accomplishes. In other words, it can have both a practical and beneficial work. The fourth term for miracle is sign. 
When this word is used, it means the miracle is authenticating the message and the messenger as being from God. Although the Pharisees were looking for a sign, Jesus was the sign himself, and they missed their time of visitation. Now I'll say right out of the gate, there are far more examples of the gift of the working of miracles in the Old Testament than the New Testament, certainly. In the Old Testament, God seemingly moved more in the miraculous than he does today. I could spend days listing all the miracles that occurred in the Old Testament, so I don't need to say much more about that, but I would ask you to look them up for yourself in your private devotional time. Now, in some cases in the New Testament dispensation, the gift of the working of miracles is used to avoid danger, as is the gift of faith. In the case of Jesus, when his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, a storm raged, and the disciples were very scared, obviously, whilst Jesus was fast asleep. Anyway, he was awoken, and he rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was great calm. You can read about this in Mark chapter 4, verses 38 through 39. Jesus rebuked the wind because it wasn't from God. It was a storm that was opposing their crossing to the other side of Galilee. Incidentally, not all storms in life are from the devil, and not all storms are from God. There are natural weather patterns set in motion in the earth as part of God's creation. But in this specific instance, this storm was satanic in origin. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have rebuked it as he did. A modern day example of this is when a family I knew was driving up Pikes Peak several decades ago now, actually, in the early summer time frame. Uh, there was mum and dad, of course, and two small children in the back seat. The father lost control of the vehicle, making a sharp turn, and they were going off the side of the road down a cliff. Friend, if you've ever driven up Mount Evans or Pikes Peak, then you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, back to the story. Just as the father was about to go off the side of the cliff, the youngest daughter cried out, Jesus! And the car moved abruptly, but in a lateral direction, back onto the road. There's no way it could have made that lateral move by gravity. It was as if an angel had picked it up and shunted it back on the road. They didn't see an angel, but that's what it felt like. This was a working of a miracle because when the child called on the name of the Lord, the family was saved and it defied the natural order of things because gravity was about to take effect and they were bound for the bottom of the mountain. It was active also in the sense that the child demonstrated her belief in the Savior. Remember what I said in a previous broadcast about the active and passive roles of the gift of faith and the gift of the working of miracles. The gift of faith is passive because it receives, and the gift of the working of miracles is active because it does a work. Friend, I've heard many testimonies like this down the years, and here's another. When I was at Bible school, I befriended a man who was a long-distance truck driver. Quite often, his route would take him through the Rocky Mountains on I-70 toward Utah. Anyway, my eyebrows were raised when he told me this story one afternoon. He was driving down a very steep hill with a full load, and his brakes failed. He started to freak out understandably and considered going into the bailout lane. As you know, on I-70, on the right-hand side of the freeway, they have a series of bailout lanes specifically for vehicles who've lost their brakes. But at that very moment, the Lord rose up in his spirit and said in a still small voice, Don't do it. Just keep driving in the slow lane. Friends, it's at times like this when you need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. 
Anyway, he continued down the road, which was fortunately fairly straight, and he felt the truck getting pushed back physically, which he could not explain. He stopped just by a turnoff near a garage and was able to call for help. In a twist to the story, several weeks later, he talked to a colleague at his company and came to find out that only a few weeks prior, another driver had gone into the bailout lane because his brakes had failed. This man, however, actually broke his back because of the forces put on his body because he was going about 80 to 90 miles an hour at the time. Friend, God has your back. If you have a testimony you'd like to share about God doing something miraculous in your life, like the stories I've just told you, I'd love to hear from you, friend. Shoot me an email. Friend, there are angels all about us. We can even entertain angels unawares, as it says in Scripture. The physical pushing back that that man felt on the truck, I believe sincerely, were angels at work. And they watch out for us, friend. Another obvious example of the gift of the working of miracles in operation is when Jesus turned the water into wine in John 2 verses 7 through 11. This was an example of a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, a temporary suspension of the accustomed order or an interruption in the system of nature as we know it by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he worked a miracle and this was not the only example as he raised several other people from the dead. In the case of Smith Wigglesworth, that famous preacher from Lancashire in England. It's recorded that he raised at least 13 people from the dead during his ministry. Friend, whether you believe in it or not, there are people being raised from the dead today. I was blessed to hear of Brother Andrew Womack's son being raised from the dead, and that really blessed me. It occurred while he was praising and thanking God on the way to the hospital. Yet God intervened miraculously. What an awesome God we serve, friend. These are some of the examples of the gift of the working of miracles. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.